Welcome to the Nittany Blues Podcast. By Penn State fans, for Penn State fans. Here are your hosts, Andrew and Vince. Welcome back, everyone, to the Nitty Blues Podcast. Today, we are here to recap Penn State's gut-wrenching loss to Michigan State, 67-58. to I am joined by our special guest, Maggie Mahoney. Maggie, what were your original thoughts of tonight's game? Ooh, good question. So, I guess going into the game, walking into the Bryce Jordan Center, I was thinking, like, man, if Penn State pulls out a win this would be a game that we could look back to at the end of the season and really, I guess, pinpoint when the Nittany Lions were able to really step up and close out tough games and really compete against a a good team like Michigan State. So I was really optimistic that this would be like a, a defining moment for the Nittany Lions in this season. And unfortunately, fell a little bit short, felt like we were at times back in the same pattern we were in last year. So I had high hopes and it was a fun game to watch. But in the end, I was like, oh man, we are back in 2021. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. The, the, that did that was one of the vibes I got from this game as well. Uh, the Nittany Lions were extremely competitive uh, for the majority of this game. And then the last few minutes, it just seemed to uh, slip away. Uh, going into this game, I, I did think it was going to be a close one. I did pick Michigan State to win by four points in my final prediction. Um, however, uh, first ten minutes, uh, Nittany Lions they were they were uh, lights out, uh, moving the ball offensively. the The looks they were getting were such good looks, but they were not capitalizing on the possessions uh, they they were getting. Uh, you had some wide, missed wide open threes, tons of missed layups tonight, right around the rim, which which is where you want to be. And you know, Coach Shrews at in his press conference said, "You run offense to get layups and open catch and shoot threes." And they got a lot of those, especially early in the game. However, they did not capitalize. The threes were falling early. They were seven of eighteen in the first half, which is a a good shooting percentage. That's right around where you want to be. That's close to that 40% mark of a good three-point shooting team. Uh, However, nothing else uh, was falling inside the arc. Uh, Nothing was going. Uh, So Penn State did the the first four minutes. uh, It was 4-4 after the uh, media timeout. And you're looking at a 40-40 basketball game there. So that that would have been extremely low scoring. It felt like a lid was over the, the basket all night and, Nothing would go in. Penn State finally got some things rolling. They got a 10-point lead. It was 16-6 to early in the first half. And I remember saying, hey, this is ours to win. If we keep having this same defensive intensity, uh, you know, we're going to run away with this because our shots are going to start falling eventually. Uh, however, I was very wrong. And the uh, it ended up being tied at halftime, 35-35. to And in the second half, especially you know in the waning minutes, the, the intensity – was not there for Penn State, and uh, it really seemed late in the game when 
Uh, Seth Lundy got that carry called on him. You could just feel the the energy in the building drop. Uh, Penn State did fight back, and you know they got a steal on defense. They they got a stop, and then they got a good opportunity. Missed another layup, and you could just hear hear the crowd booing. You know because of the refs and you know that very controversial call. And at that moment in the game, you you just knew it was over with with a few minutes left to go. Um, what were some uh, takeaways you had as the game changed from the first half to the second half. Yeah. So I think when we, I guess I came into this game thinking that Michigan state was a little more vulnerable than we thought, especially after watching them lose to was Northwestern, right. Yep. Um, over, I think it was over the weekend and that was a, that was a really exciting game to watch and a really fun one to root for. Um, Northwestern pulling off this big upset. And so I guess even through the first half when it was so evenly matched, I was like, wow, we just saw um, Michigan State lose a close game to a opponent that was ranked lower than them. Maybe we can capitalize on this, see this happen again. Um, and I guess I that momentum shift really, really in the second half was like, wow, the Nittany Lions just – can't really string together a nice nice couple of minutes where they're really in control of the ball or they're really setting the tempo for the game. It felt like they were, um, I guess, just kind of reactive. I was ho- really hoping that they could come out, come out strong in the second half and just sort of take control of the game. So that was um, a little disappointing, especially because we had high hopes going into it and to have seen all those early shots, you know, early in the first half that were, were, were definitely the right look. And I think in a lot of, a lot of the shots that didn't go in, it was the right shot and the player should have taken it, but to not go in is tough. And so we were, we were kind of expecting like, all right, those same looks that we were getting, they'll start to fall in, they'll um, keep shooting, but we just didn't see that kind of momentum shift that we were really hoping for. Yeah, and in the second half, Penn State was only one of nine from three. And when you're a three-point shooting team, uh, that's not going to cut it. You, you're not going to win any games in the Big Ten that that way for that matter. So the ball movement wasn't near as good in the second half. Uh, a lot of the offense was just Jalen Pickett driving and trying to back down the guard. Um, you know, Coach Izzo said that you know he his goal was not to double Jalen Pickett because he didn't want our, our shooters to – uh, knockdown three. So that was something that Coach Izzo kind of schemed to uh, take away from us. Uh, the only guy he really planned to uh, double was the center. And he, you know, he said that created some blocks or some turnovers that, you know, they fumbled it, it got stolen or went out of bounds. And those are things that would have been layups. So, you know, g- some good scheming by Michigan State and their defense. And, you know, they had a lot of players that could score offensively in the, you know, the first 10 minutes of the game. Um, I thought that Andrew was was going to be correct. He picked Penn State to win this game. Um, however, I felt like, oh man, I might be totally wrong. Uh, you know, picking Michigan State to win because those first ten minutes, they kind of looked like that team that lost to Notre Dame by eighteen. They looked like a team who could lose to, you know, uh, Northwestern, which is usually one of the teams that is in the bottom of the conference in the Big Ten. And early in that game, I'm like, wow, we're we're going to win this. Uh, definitely had the, had those vibes, lots of high energy from the crowd in the arena. 
you know, you had the cheese for threes. They were throwing T-shirts everywhere. And, you know, that just didn't manifest through the entire 40 minutes of the game. And like you said, when it was close, Penn State could not uh, get a run. So whenever we scored a basket, uh, Michigan State would respond or, you know, they would go ahead and we would do, you know, we would even it, but we, we just couldn't get the run going. We couldn't just play lockdown defense for uh, two or three minutes. And that was, that was really difficult to watch, uh, you know, just to, you know, see Andrew Funk and Miles Dredd not get those opportunities. Miles Dredd was one of the few guys that was on tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was, uh, you know, two of four from downtown and three of four from the free throw line. So he, you know, he had some nice points tonight. Um, Andrew Funk didn't get many opportunities. He was uh, one for four, um, oh, three from downtown. So he, yeah, he wasn't getting many looks early in the game. He had that first shot of the game and hit the, the side of the backboard. And we were just like, oof, like, you know, not a great start. Um, and you know, that, that's, I feel like that shot almost uh, was, ended up being like the theme of the game. Penn State could not get anything uh, going offensively. And, I think part of where Penn State is uh, seeing these struggles, part of it's size, but uh, part of it is we're not getting enough production from uh, the center position. And I think we need to do more to uh, get Kebajai more involved. Uh, He did have a few good looks tonight, but just could not cash in on those opportunities. Uh, He was uh, one of five from the field, so he had two points, oh, two from the free throw line which is another thing that killed us this tonight. We were only 12 from 18. So we got a lot of good opportunities, but didn't cash in. I know my junior high basketball coach would not have been happy with us shooting 67%. So, you know, coach Drew's definitely, I'm sure was not happy as well. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Kevin, when he's, he's playing, he, I thought he played pretty well tonight and, and then I felt like in the second half, we didn't see him kind of going after it and uh, taking those opportunities. Uh, what did you think about Kebba tonight? Yeah, I agree. I thought that early in the game, he looked great. And I think he was really, really shutting Michigan State down defensively in the paint, in the low post. Because we were, we were just saying before this that Michigan State is a tall team, but they don't have anyone who's like, so so tall that it's like wow that guy's really tall and (laughs) um and so Keba was I think in sometimes in the different combinations he would be the tallest player out there and he was able to shut down some uh, Michigan State uh players trying to make moves in the low post and so I was you know I think I really got flickers of greatness from him defensively early in this game. And then I I guess I just wished I hadn't seen more of him throughout the second half of the game. Cause it seemed like you, yeah, had such a great first half defensively and then just didn't, didn't really see that in the second half. But yeah. He, he's someone that I'm, you know, I think we're all, we're all really rooting for him and we see so much potential as he continues to, grow and develop under coach Cruz that he's someone that um, I think we, we are putting a lot of expectations on him. He came in here um, so highly ranked and was, everyone was so excited to have him join the team. So there's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot of expectations on him and, you know, we're, we're seeing him in a learning curve, but I think we're all 
all really rooting for him and really excited to watch him continue to fill some big shoes. Yeah, and this was a thing where he got a lot of good looks tonight. His decision making was very good. Uh, he he, but he was only one of five. He just didn't cash in. Um, there was one time where I thought he had a good look and should have just went straight up with it, but instead he brought the ball out of the ground and yeah. uh, before he went up, and that enabled the defender to contest the shot better. So I think that's something they'll they'll watch film and they'll work on practice. Um, however, there were some things that his teammates said that I, I found really interesting in the, in the post-game conference. Uh, Jalen Pickett, you just got to love his leadership. Uh, he's mm-hmm. He is the most accountable guy. I know just based off of his attitude that he's going to, you know, have a job in the NBA. Uh, after the game, uh, you know, he was being interviewed and, and the, the reporter said, Hey, yeah, it's one game and you guys have a lot more opportunities down the road. So it's, it's all good. Right. And he's, he's, he's flat out said, uh, no, it's not good. This, our performance was unacceptable and it needs to be fixed like now, like, uh, so he's like, we're going to get the film and we're going to get better. So I, I thought that was one of the, the best comments I heard. It seems like this team has a lot of good leadership for accountability. But he also mentioned that, you know, he he might needs might need to be a little more accountable and try to lift Keba up a little more. So when he's, you know, getting his head down, uh, him, you know, him or Caleb Dorsey, who aren't, aren't quite as experienced, uh, you know, he, he might need to uh, lift lift him up a little more and, you know, try to get him going because, you know, obviously coach is going to be hard on him and, you know, everyone in the media is going to be hard on him because he's, you know, so highly recruited and and media like us too, you know, we're going to be hard on him, but we we have to remember at the end of the day, this is an 18 year old kid and uh, he's playing, you know, with, with uh, a lot of uh, six year seniors and Mm -hmm. Jalen Pickett talked about, you know, the difference between playing with John Harrell last year and, he said him and John just, you know, had that same chemistry of based off of where the defense was. Uh, John would just move to the spot where Jalen wanted to get him the ball. And, you know, that that just it enabled the offense to flow so much more smoothly. And and John Harris seen a lot of Division One basketball, very experienced. And now we're kind of having the op- polar opposite is we have a kid who this is his first, you know, Big Ten basketball game and only his third ever uh power five basketball game and you know this is yeah yeah. hopefully these things change and and they they make those adjustments uh you know the psychology of sport is really important and having that mindset of not getting down uh you know you got to kind of weather the storm because everyone's going to go through rough patches that is one of the kind of the great things about basketball it's it's almost like golf where um, you can golf for hours and hours and hours. And then sometimes you, you, when you swing through, you like hit the ground and the ball goes like 50 yards and, and basketball just seems that way. Sometimes like you can hit everything in practice and then you get in a game time situation and the shots just don't fall. So, you know, this team is going to have to find a way to weather the storm because uh, with these uh, three games that we lost to close ones to Virginia tech, Clemson and double overtime this last one uh, they, they have to find a way to weather the storm and they need to play uh, consistently for a long period of time and, and figure out how to go on a run late in ball games. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, like we are, we're so excited about 
Keba, but we also are really seeing, I think, some some players that are emerging in really exciting ways. Like today, I feel like I noticed Cameron Winter more than I have in previous games. I think he he just looked really strong out there today, and he looked really consistent. And I think he had some good looks. I don't have any any stats to back this up. This is this is just vibes and perceptions. But <laughs> I I was like, wow, I'm noticing Cameron Winter um, standing out on court. So you know, he's I think he's an exciting one to watch. Um, I also was glad to see Miles Dredd get back in his groove a little bit after some some weeks where he was just really struggling to connect on his um, his signature three. So glad to see him getting back in the saddle, not um, you know not being scared of shots, really continuing to just go for go for the three when he has it. So glad to see that out of Miles Dredd. Um, excited to. Uh, I guess notice Cameron Winter really making a name for himself on the court. What about you, Vince? Anyone stand out to you today that we don't normally talk about? Yeah, Cam Winter has been uh, on a really good streak lately. He, I believe he had 23 points in their game against Clemson last week and was 11 from 12 from the free throw line. So he had a really good uh, night from the line in that game. Uh, he was also two of two tonight. So, he, you know, he's doing well there. He's, almost the most confident player I have in those situations from the line, you know, based off of where our percentages have been. Uh, he had a good game. He was three, three of eight for uh, 10 points. He, he played pretty well. Uh, I thought he had a good night. Um, you know, Miles Dredd, uh, for a guy who wears the number two, uh, <laughs> you know, doesn't take many two point shots. <laughs> so I, May, almost makes you wonder if he takes any twos in practice, but yeah, it was no, nice to see him kind of, kind of get in the groove tonight and and knock down some threes. He's been doing that for this is his fifth year at Penn State, and uh, he's going to be very missed next year. He's he's a great player and you know great vocal leader on the bench, and uh, yeah, things were uh, yeah things were challenging for the Nittany Lions tonight. If you look at the Spartans. Uh, Tyson Walker had a nice game. He had 14 points, six to 15. Uh, Jack, uh, Joey Hauser had a double double. He had 12 points and 15 rebounds. And, uh, speaking of rebounds, I had a lot of rebounds today was Jalen Pickett mm -hmm. and he was just battling 16 of them were on the defensive end. Um, he got 17 rebounds for a guard. That is just completely insane to grab that many rebounds. Um, so I think this is another area where Penn State needs to improve because they they were beat by five uh, in the rebounding uh, battle. They lost 33 to 38. That's something that they need to improve and they need to get better and be more physical, you know, especially in these uh, Big Ten games. You also had um, A.J. Hogard. And in the first 10 minutes, uh, we were saying, oh, wow, they, they don't seem to have a have a star. And. You know, A.J. Hogard was that guy. He just got to the rim, and Penn State did not have an answer to stop him. Uh, on the broadcast, he's often called uh, the maestro, uh, <laughs> you know, just running the offense and creating shots for his teammates. And, you know, he's able to get – he got to the rim a lot tonight, 8-16. You know, their their stars played like stars tonight, and they, they hit their shots. So – and the Spartans were also better from the free throw line. They were 9 of 11. They were – 
you know, they beat Penn State. Penn State was 12 of 18. Another stat where they're far superior tonight was the three-point line. Uh, they did not take many, but when they did, they cashed in. They were six for 14. Uh, that clip is 43%. Uh, their two-point percentage was the same. Penn State ended up being only eight of 27, so that's 30%. That is not good uh, from behind the arc. And even overall from the field, the, the percentage did not improve. It was only 35% tonight. And a lot of those were just missed layups two feet away from the basket. And this was just one of those games where, as a fan, we we felt very frustrated, or at least I felt very frustrated, you know, just having those close losses to uh, Virginia Tech and Clemson. And now with, uh, you know, Michigan State, where we are just neck and neck, you know, until those last, you know, six four to six minutes where it started to just slowly get out of our hands. So it got from, you know, a tie game to around four points. And then with two and a half minutes, it got to six points and Penn state could just not close the gap. Uh, A lot of areas that the team can improve. What is the uh, biggest area where you're looking for Penn state to improve uh, when we watch them play again? Oh, I, let's see. There's a couple different areas, but if I had to pick one, I think, gosh, I would really like to see Penn State just consistently lock down on defense. I think if we can, like we said, you know, hold a team to two or three minutes of really low scoring, just that, or hopefully no scoring, just that sort of intensity on defense where we can really um just lock down make the other team work really hard for their shots burn through the clock and then hopefully you know have to throw up a sort of junk shot that we can grab the rebound on that I think that intensity and being able to clamp down on defense is something that I can really see the Nittany Lions getting um you know if they can if they can get that together, the offense will come. So I think just being able to lock down for minutes at a time on defense would be really exciting to see. Yeah, defensive energy uh, is a big thing. And that was something they did in the first four minutes of the game. They played some lockdown defense. Uh, They definitely felt the energy from the student section. Uh, They showed up tonight. They were loud. The student section did their job. Uh, However, you know, they didn't play uh, complimentary on offense. They they didn't cash in when things were going well. So, you know, basketball, when the highs are high, you, you, you got to go with it. And, you know, when your defense is create, creating turnovers, you, you got to cash in on those opportunities. And, you know, another thing that, uh, you know, the guys mentioned in their postgame, uh, that was uh, Jalen Pickett and Seth Lundy and, you know, Coach Shrews uh, in his postgame was, uh, we our defensive energy cannot be uh, dictated by whether we're making buckets or not. And kind of in those last eight minutes of the game, when you felt the momentum and energy kind of almost taken out of the arena, um, you know the guys just said our defense was not up to the Penn State standard. And you know Coach Drew said. Uh, Michigan State was the gritty team tonight, which is uh, kind of sad to see considering. Uh, tonight was the night where they were giving away 2000 t-shirts that said gritty, not pretty. So, um, you know, definitely really, uh, disappointing to see, but 
I, I do think Penn State will get better and they'll watch the film and they will learn from this. You know, if you look at the team last year, they were, you know, losing games by 20 points to UMass and non-conference play. And they, they've been uh, a lot more competitive, you know, early on. And, uh, you know, I, I think they will learn. I, I do like that, you know, Coach Shrews and the guys are, are mad about this because I'm hoping that will ignite a spark in this team and try to get them on the groove uh, right in track. So, you know, some things that they talked about in the in the post game were, were about, oh, they were thinking about, oh, maybe I have them too amped up and we're playing too tight and we need to play a little more free. But also you have to be you know emotionally high enough that you're engaged and kind of in that zone. So I think um, if they can you know, find that flow a little bit better, things are going to change a lot. But I like the accountability of guys like Jalen Pickett when the reporter said, um, oh, it's all good. You guys got more games to figure it out. He said, no, it's not okay. We're figuring it out now. Coach Shrewsbury also made a comment, you know, thanking the fans and, you know, giving the credit to Michigan State. He's a class act. But, you know, he made a comment that's saying, hey, uh, you know, students don't give up. It's one game. Stick with us. I'm asking you to do that. And he's like, you know, maybe I should have spent less time, you know, asking people to come to the game and, and coach better. So I really like that comment and his his press conference, it shows that he's accountable and he's focused on himself getting better because uh, that, that's the only thing you can do. You can, you know, only control what you can control. You can't control what Michigan state does. Uh, Tom Izzo also had some nice comments to say about this basketball team. Um, he said that I am going to be a Penn state fan for the next three months because I don't want to see them again. <laughs> Those were, you know, verbatim his words. And, you know, he was really impressed with Kebajai, the the freshman. So he's he's got the talent. And, you know, once it things start clicking for him and he gets more confidence, I feel like he needs a lot more confidence. And once he just can't be afraid to make mistakes. And, you know, with how he was playing, especially on the defensive end, he had one incredible block, I remember, uh, from the help side. And I'm like, that is why he's there. And that's why he needs to be in the game more. Uh, really impressive. I, I hope he starts getting some more minutes, you know, as the, the season develops, but yeah, so this was our only chance at the Spartans and it just really felt like we blew this opportunity. But, um, you know, if coach is a hall of fame coach uh, says we are a team that he does not want to see, uh, the rest of the year. Um, you know, that's a, you know, definitely very high praise and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. We'll see how Penn State responds. The, the schedule doesn't get easier this weekend. We are at Illinois. They are an incredible basketball team. They just knocked off number two Texas last night in overtime. We caught a little bit of that game. So things are not going to get easier for Penn State. If they can uh, win at Illinois, uh, I'll be very surprised and impressed uh, for sure because that's a darn good basketball team. I think Illinois is even a lot better than you know, Michigan State. But Michigan State is is not a slouch. They lost to Gonzaga by one point, and you know they beat Kentucky. Uh, you don't get in those situations if you're not a good basketball team. So, uh, really frustrating uh, to watch. It was just one of those games where the Nittany Lions couldn't buy a bucket, and the offense was just Jalen Pickett backing guys down in the post. Uh, Coach Shrews said he was backing them down all the way to the concession stand, pretty much, and. <laughs> He was only five of 14 tonight. So, you know, while he was doing a lot of great things, he gave us eight assists, he gave us 17 rebounds, uh, 
13 points on five of 14 shooting. It just, it just wasn't good enough tonight. The free throws weren't good enough uh, hitting. We didn't hit enough open threes and that ultimately ended up our, being our downfall. And I think, and a note I want to like wrap this show up on is that I think it must just be such a privilege to be coached by coach Shrewsbury. He is just so thoughtful and so caring. And he, I mean, he loves his team and you can see that in the way he coaches when he's, you know, just creeping out onto the, um, onto the court and just, he's a coach that is so ready to go to bat for his guys. He's so willing to make, um, make hard decisions for his team and also, you know, really, is so excited to celebrate successes with his players. And I'm, I just, I'm really, really impressed by him as such a thoughtful leader. And he's a fun coach to watch (laughs) from the, um, from the stands. There's never a dull moment, but I think that I, I just have so much, um, so much confidence and respect for coach Shrews that I think that he, you know, he really, he cares about his guys and that is so apparent and I'm really, really hoping, I mean, just for his sake that the, the team can start to come out of some of these tough games on top. Yeah. He, uh, he's definitely a competitive guy. You can see that when he's on the sideline, high energy and you know, the, the team typically takes on the personality of the coach, which I, I think is a positive in this instance. Uh, you know, I love that this is an accountable group. So I do think they're going to get better. Do I think they're going to beat Illinois? Probably not. But um, I'm hoping that, you know, in these non-conference games when we're playing, you know, lesser competition like a Canisius and Quinnipiac and uh, Delaware State, I'm hoping we can use these games and really lock in to prepare for the rest of big top con- uh, the Big Ten Conference play because – you know, from this point forward, you know, there's no easy wins There, there's no cupcakes and, you know, it's a, you know, it's bloody big 10 basketball. That's what it is. You got to be the tougher team. You got to hit the tough contested shots when the shot clock's going down. And, and that's what it takes to win in this division. So I think we talked enough about uh, this game, Maggie, do you have a Mahoney Mahler that you would get, like to give a player award to? Oh gosh. Um, I guess my my award for today will go to Keba for his defensive efforts in the first half. I think that was really exciting to watch. So uh, Mahoney Award, Mahoney Mahler goes to Keba for defense. And my, my shout out that I just want to say was a guy that I also enjoyed watching was Evan Mahaffey. I think he's just so athletic and so quick and agile that he's really, really fun to watch. He really, I think, brings up the energy level. So I I don't know if there's a specific award I want to give him, but just a a little shout out. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely a fun player to watch just be off of his athleticism alone. He can jump out of the gym and we've talked about that a lot on this podcast. Uh, You know, he continued to to do some big things. Um, I'm gonna, I have to give my finale fighter. It seems like I do it almost every game, but I, I have to give it to Jalen Pickett. Uh, yeah. uh, on a game where we just got killed on the boards, he grabbed 17. So he single-handedly had over half of Penn State's rebounds uh, tonight. And 
that is an area where we, we got to be better. We got to box out. We got to get the boards. We can't have it be tipping off of our hands and then, you know, going behind us to you know, the opposing team. That's just something they, they got to lock down and get better because this Illinois team uh, that we're going up against, uh, they get a lot of blocks. They had 12 blocks against the uh, number number two team in the country, uh, Texas. They had seven steals against them. They forced Texas into 14 turnovers. So, that, you know, that's a, that's a thing they – that's the thing they do really well. Um, and, uh, you know, solid three point shooting team. Uh, they shot 43% against Texas. Um, decent from the free throw line. No, not really good. I guess they, they had, <laughs> they had an off game there at 68%. I guess I can't say Penn state was bad at 67 and say they're good at 68. So not very good there. <laughs> That's a um, fine line. yeah, fine line. So, uh, you know, Illinois, kind of what kept Texas in the game when Illinois went on that big run is that uh, Illinois had a lot of turnovers early and they didn't hit free throws. So uh, when we play Illinois, uh, their size is going to bother us. You know, they're a really good rebounding team. They get a lot of blocks. They get a lot of steals. However, at times they can be sloppy. So I do think if Penn State is going to have a chance to win this game, uh, like we talked about, we need to get cashing on these threes off of turnovers because when you're getting in that fast break, it's a, it's a lot more difficult because when you go back on defense, typically your first thing to do is sprint to the paint and then turn and find your guy. So that's typically what you're taught as a basketball player. So that enables you that half second. If you're a three-point shooter, yeah, that gives you more of an opportunity and a bigger window to get open for a three. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can really play some hard defense on Illinois, uh, force them into some stretches where they just are not careful with the basketball. We can take advantage, go up and down the court with Jalen Pickett, and hopefully he can find some guys like Miles Dredd and Andrew Funk to really knock down some threes, uh, as well as Seth Lundy. Are we giving out an award on Andrew's behalf? Yeah, I guess we'll be able okay. to give out one for Andrew. And I, I think it has to be Seth Lundy. He was really yeah. efficient tonight. Uh, 5 of 11 from the field. He was the leading scorer with 16 points. Uh, you know, Did some work on the boards and defensively. Has some nice blocks and steals. And, you know, he's really aggressive and he gets in there. He did have four fouls tonight, but that often comes along with being an, an aggressive player who plays hard. So I really liked his effort and intensity tonight. So I will give him... Uh, the Bird Brawler Award. <laughs> yeah, so uh, moving on to Illinois, uh, I think uh, this is going to be a tough game. Uh, they have guys uh, like Matthew Meyer, and he was just a beast uh, for Illinois against Texas. Uh, 6'9", senior, can just shoot the rock from anywhere. He was 8 for 10 from the field. Uh, five of five from downtown. So he's a an amazing three point shooter. Has a lot of size. Uh, Melendez is also a good three point shooter. Uh, you got guys like Shannon and Epps on their team who are really good at uh, getting to the hole and you know knocking down free throws. And then they got their uh, their big man uh, Hawkins. He's a really great player. Um, you know, really gave Texas uh, some fits. Uh, on the defensive end, he had three blocks. So they have a lot of size, a lot, a lot of athleticism. 
they have another guard on the bench, Harris, who's very good. And their backup center is also really impressive. And he, he's got a fun name. So we were watching Northwestern. They have a player called Boo Booey, which is one of the most fun names to say in college basketball. But Illinois has a guy on their bench called Dane Danger. And uh, Penn State might find themselves in the danger zone oh if they cannot uh, <laughs> knock down some threes uh, like tonight. So if they are not hitting threes and not hitting these layups around the rim, uh, they're definitely going to be in the danger zone and uh, find themselves uh, having a hard time, uh, you know, in Champaign. <laughs> so uh, final oh score for Penn State at Illinois. What do you think the final score will be, Maggie? Oh, gosh. Um, I'm going to say um, I'll do Illinois 79 Penn State, 72. Okay, so seven-point loss. I think I'm going to go um, Illinois, 84, Penn State, 73. I do think that Illinois, uh, historically, is a team that just Penn State really has a hard time with You know, over the past number of years, and we just never seem to beat them. Uh, they have a really good program. Uh, they've done well in the Big Ten tournament. Mm-hmm. Haven't gotten it done at the NCAA tournament, but really great program. So yeah, I'll take Illinois eighty-four to seventy-three. And uh, you know, uh, we also do a segment on our show called Communion Predictions. So I'll give you a minute uh, to think about yours while I go over mine, and we'll do a uh, Communion prediction. And my Communion prediction is, I think we're going to see a really nice emergence of Keba Jai. I think that, um, you know, Keba is going to maybe get a little more minutes uh, that he does. At times it looks like he's getting tired on the court, having the hands on his hips, which oftentimes that does happen uh, with the centers and those bigger guys. So I I think he's going to get his first double double just because of the, the increase in minutes. And I'm hoping He really has more confidence in the post. I hope they get him some more looks. And I think he could potentially draw some fouls and get to the free throw line. And if he can knock down those free throws, uh, it could be a really good game. So my community prediction is that he'll have a double-double and he'll have 10 points and 10 rebounds for Penn State. Wow. Well, I was also going to say the Kevin Dry breakout game. So I guess... Thinking of my my second communion prediction, I'm gonna go the um, the rise of or the continued rise of Cameron Winter. I think that he's someone that we're we are excited to watch, and I think he, he's really gonna um, step up in this Illinois game again. No. No stats or numbers to back this up. This is a vibes-based <laughs> communion. So you, you have to give a number. That's part of the rules oh because gosh. I need to say, yes, rules. your your prediction came true or, or no, it didn't. So okay. I need some you know, field goal percentage or point percentage assist. Does it have to? Okay. Can I give like a number of points? Yeah. Okay. So Cameron Winter scores 18 points. 18 points or more. Actually. Or more. Excellent. So that's a that's a good communion prediction. Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. You got you got to have it fun. You got to have a number. You can't just say something random and 
And how, it's like, how do, how do you measure it? Because that's, that's part of the fun, seeing if your prediction comes true. So yeah, a little side check. Part, part of the enjoyment uh, of the communion. So I think that'll wrap up our show today. If you would like to support the pod, please tell your friends. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you enjoy the show, please leave a five-star review so that other Nittany Lion fans like you can find us. Interested in new episodes? You can subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or other streaming platforms to be notified. Thank you for listening. We want to remind you that we are the Nittany Blues Podcast. See you next time.